welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? That's going pretty swell. Feeling like a pirate over here. In uh, today's episode, we are talking about the Senior Bowl. Erg. Uh, so the Senior Bowl today, or not today, this past weekend, uh, we're going to break down some players that kind of shined out throughout the week because, remember, it's also about the practice more so than even the practice. game. Yeah, you know, Alan. Come on. Calm, calm down over there. Not a game. Uh, you know, the, the practice throughout the week really, you know, shows these coaches a lot. More so than even the game. For sure. So we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl here. Uh, and then on the next episode, the Nerd Herd episode, we will be uh, talking about seniors. Which is? Uh, guys that I have listed at 29 years old and older. Okay. In Dynasty Fans Football. So not, not, not college seniors. Nope. Like Garrett and I both thought when you first described this concept to us. I was like, there's not that many seniors that didn't play in the Senior Bowl. I mean, like Joe uh, Burrow. Tyler Johnson. I mean, I guess there's like four or five we could cover, but oh, not, yeah. a, not a whole episode worth. But now we know that it's we're 29 years old and over. And we're also not talking about AARP. We're not talking about that either. No. Oh, no, not talking about that either. Not no. the official not seniors. Not the official seniors. Not seniors. official, no. but in Dynasty, Dynasty seniors. There you go. Uh, but th- today we're talking seniors? about the actual senior bowl <laughs> players because there are some players here that have kind of shined uh, and will be on the radar with position uh, or a chance to actually jump up in the dynasty rankings after the NFL draft because, uh, you know, th- this draft is really going to be dictated a lot by the actual NFL draft. And it's easy to say you'll see a lot of people in dynasty like, oh, well, the NFL draft always dictates it. I'm like, no, the NFL draft can move things a little bit here and there, mostly for a running back or take something off the board. But I think more so because this class is so deep at receiver so deep a receiver that it's just going to be like who lands where and who's not that third or fourth guy who's not that Leonte Carew that's going to end up somewhere where like oh we like their tape and then all of a sudden it's like well you're the fourth receiver like if there's a receiver that ends up on the Rams like okay you're going to be kind of hard for two years like you're going to get buried right and then it happens every single year and and unfortunately you know you you, you can only glean so much from these people's tapes. And that's why there are those, those misses, the, the Leontay Carews and stuff. They either get buried or sometimes they just, I mean, they just don't have it between the ears. You know yep. what I mean? And that's something that you really can never glean from, from watching tape. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you don't, if you can't process the information, and when you get to the NFL, it's, it's a lot of information to process. Uh, you're going to be behind. Well, right? There's so many players that are, you know, close to being ties. Like, uh, I like them pretty equally. Like, landing spot, draft capital is a great tiebreaker for that kind of stuff. 100%. And that, and that would, that's why, I mean, that's why the general managers obviously have a big, big advantage over us because we can't talk to these people. You know, we no. don't get a chance to interview any of these, these prospects ourselves to know which ones are, are, are just not going to be able to cut it, you know, in our eyes. And they, and they dig deep. You know, they're talking to their coaches. They're talking to their friends. They're talking to their high school coaches. They're talking to their aunt's, uh, you know, divorced husband. They're getting all the information they can on these players to know exactly what kind of player he is, what kind of mindset he has. And then you'll get guys that, you know, that aren't high on the board, guys like Tyreek Hill that get drafted in the fifth round, then they come out and they show out in the NFL and become – a top 10 dynasty startup player. And you're like, well, where did that come from? And it's like, well, his college tape wasn't as, as he, good. He was explosive and, and fast. He, he had off field issues. Off-field you know what I mean? Issues. Yeah. Even, you know? even going back and to college. Still does. You know? And sometimes it works out in Tyreek Hill's issues. And then sometimes it, you know, happens like Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway issues where you're going to be playing in the XFL. So, um, but before getting this nerd herd uh, or the senior bowl edition, let me take a minute and talk about our sponsor and that's dynastyowner.com. That's right. Dynastyowner.com. They're going to be with us all year long. If you're looking for a new way to play dynasty fantasy football, dynastyowner.com is the place to be. It's the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans, because this brings the business side of Dynasty fantasy football. We all love Dynasty because it gets the draft process in there. And you can kind of be that GM, right, of, of a team and you're drafting guys. Well, Dynasty owner takes it to another level and you're actually managing contracts too. 
So you're going to own that salary cap as well. They're the only patented fantasy sports game that combines dynasty fantasy football with actual NFL player contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries. They use actual NFL players' contracts and salaries. Just like the way we play dynasty, there is no off-season with DynastyOwner.com. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, all the contracts matters. And we remember, we talked about them last year with their beta. We got a lot of people into that beta. You know, a thousand people join that beta and they're ready to launch this year. They're going to have a new mock draft cool come, coming soon. Uh, the, their mobile app for iOS and a- Android will be ready for those rookie drafts. And they're going to open the game up to everybody now in 2020. But they're only limiting it to tw- 1,012 man team leagues. So if you want to get a chance to try this new platform, you got to get on there now. You can at least get on their waiting list and check them out. It's a great platform. Matt and I have checked it out, and we think it's a really cool way to play Dynasty. Um, and again, we're always looking for new ways to you know challenge ourselves, and this is a way to do it. Check them out today dynastyowner.com so the senior bowl you know sometimes you get years where the senior bowl doesn't have much talent into it we've kind of been lucky these last couple of years there's been some good players coming to the senior bowl especially last year when we got Debo Samuel and Terry, Terry McLaurin that really kind of launched themselves on the map uh, of our dynasty rookie rankings uh, last year definitely Debo Samuel he's he took the biggest rise for me last year uh, we really like Terry McLaurin throughout the whole process. Still kind of let him slip to the back end of the first, early second in our rankings by that time was all said and done, which was our probably, uh, well, not probably, it was clearly a mistake on our end for letting him drop down. Right. Far. We still had him higher than a lot of people. We did, you know, but, you know, it's we, we had him in the first round all the way up until the end. So it was kind of like, oh, no, we took him out. But he obviously showed out. This year, I would say in the senior rulers, definitely not. I wouldn't say there is a Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel. Right? That was that was what I how like I, that was the feeling I got coming out of it. There wasn't the high high end type of guys that I, that I that we saw in the past. You know, with the the Cream Hunts and, and like you said, like the Terry McLaurins and, and some of these other guys. But there still are some pretty good players. Oh, for sure. And and, and it's some probably, people separated. It's a catch twenty two because the, the 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 people that are in the first round now these underclassmen are really good. So it's such a deeper class right. which automatically pushes these guys guys down. But you know, Debo went from being not a first round pick to we had him as like I had him at like six out overall last year. Uh, there's nobody jumping here, but there is some really talented players that we're going to spend the show talking about. And you know, I was talking about this because we're going to talk about some quarterbacks too. You know, from a superflex stand. Standpoint. I was talking to Matt about this. I it's it, it, what's happening here in Dynasty Fantasy Football is a major, major landscape change here. With such a surprisingly strong class last year from the 2019 class, how strong this class is in 2020, and how next year's class, the 2021 class, is looking to be. That we're looking at a major change in the Dynasty landscape. Out with the old, in with the new. We're gonna get a major influx of young talent here. And, you know, for receivers, there's only 36 top receivers, right? Mm-hmm. And we're getting a major influx. You know, we had a good, strong class net last year. We didn't even talk about A.J. Brown. You right. know, Nikhil, Harry, Paris Campbell weren't even at opportunities to do anything mm-hmm. last year to take another step forward. They'll, you know, there'll be other guys, you know, guys that we even like that might even take a step forward to be producers, guys like Hakeem Butler, Kelvin Harmon. But last year's class was solid at receiver. This year's class looks to be three times is talented at the receiver position because even though I love Terry McLaurin, I love me some Debo Samuel and I love AJ Brown. I mean, Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb alone to me would rank out higher than all those guys. Real sexy. Those guys. And I love Debo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love Debo. Like I said before, I would still take Debo over AJ Brown, but those guys are elite talent. Not saying, <laughs> and that's not, we're not saying light, light years ahead of these guys, but right now, even before they play a snap in the NFL, like I like those guys. If you said, "Hey, you have Debo Samuel or Ceedee Lamb, who do you want?" I'm like, "Ooh, man, give me Ceedee Lamb." That's tough. It's that really is, tough. That is tough without knowing Ceedee Lamb's landing spot because because uh, Debo is in a really good offense. Okay, that's fair too. You know what I mean. But if he gets paired up with Kyler Murray in Arizona, yeah. Oh, exactly. oh, blood flow all the way. Yeah, I, 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 so that, that's what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're gonna somebody. It's, it's the Raiders. Tough. The Raiders are drafting a guy. They they need they need some names. That, that's names. for sure. They're going. They, they're going it to Vegas. Need to be a name. It just needs to be a talent. You know. I mean, Tyrell Williams. We're going to be talking about in the senior episode next. You know, next episode. Uh, I know they brought in Zay Jones, but you know those. That's not game changing here. No. They need a big guy, big receiver here. So, but like you were saying, landscape change. It, it's the Alshon Jeffries. It's these guys that have been yeah. around for a while that are just, they're going to be ushered out. Same thing with the quarterbacks. We're already hearing. You know, Drew Brees is 
possibly retiring. Philip Rivers, Rivers has been out on the way out. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're going to see it a lot of these positions. Greg Olson's getting offered gigs on TV. I, please go. I yeah. need Ian Thomas. Please go. <laughs> no, but I'm even talking. I'm talking even on a greater scale. Like now, granted, I think DeAndre Hopkins would be the next like Julio, essentially. You know, that 31 year old receiver that still produces balls out, but that kind of you know. You know, obviously Alshon Jeffrey, you mentioned, but even guys like Mike Evans probably take, you know, possibly and, taking a small and, step back here. We, we spoke about that earlier. Keen Allen yeah. mm-hmm. taking a step back here. Again, these are just, you know, if I'm looking at this receivers here last year. Julian Edelman, you oh, know what I mean? He's super old. We, we but he was the him. number seven guy last year in, in PPR. So, I mean, these are the kind of, the, these are the type of guys that we're expecting to have drop-offs first like cliff drop-offs in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Even guy that we love now, like Cooper cup, who's 27, who's a really good receiver and arguably the number one receiver on that team. But like, okay, but you, when, you know, when these guys come in, they're going to produce, they got to jump somebody. They got to, they got to fill out somewhere. So like if you get three guys that come in and get ahead of you, you go from receiver nine to receiver or four guys to 13. So all of a sudden now you're a receiver nine overall. Now you're a wide receiver too. Just like that. Just like that. Uh, And that's not even talking about the running back. Oh, there's, it's going to be, that's going to be the biggest shift of all of them. Probably. I just think it's going to be an overall change in the landscape. Even some of the top tight ends right now, Zach Ertz and Kelsey, are 30 years old pretty much. Kelsey is 30. Ertz is going to turn 30 this year. Those guys are going to take a step back. You know, so now we're looking at the, you know, obviously George Kittle, you know, Mark Andrews. Hopefully TJ Hawkinson is going to take a big step forward this year. Noah Fant showed out enough last year to show that he could kind of join that group as well. Again, it's just a landscape change. So if there's ever been a moment in dynasty fantasy football where if you're not like, dude, I'm probably if you, I think it's almost to the point where like I'm probably not going to win. Right. You know, and sometimes we say if you're stuck in the middle or you compete or you're just going to blow it up and be a bottom feeder, it's like. I think it's even now, like, if you're in that eight range, nine range, yeah, if you're not one range, of the top two teams, like, I'm out. Like, I think you're, give me picks. And I, and I wouldn't, here's the thing I don't even think it's blowing at this point for how strong these classes are. You're not even blowing it up. You're just reloading with a bigger clip. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, if you can take Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Hopkins, right? And, and now, okay, Kamara is a bad example because he's 23. But if you could take, you know, a Derrick Henry who's about to be 27 and who knows where he's going to play and a DeAndre Hopkins. And you can blow that up for a Miles Sanders, Debo Samuel and get some draft capital out of it too. It's like, okay, now we're talking now, you know, and that's why we talked about trade and CMC last week, you know, on, on the trade episode, you know, it was, it was four first, you know, eventually he's going to have to hit a wall and there's going to be a lot of assets there. Yeah, again, there's nobody I can't take for four first. And, that, and I'm even going as far as saying two this year and two next year. And preferably, I'd even really like to offset that with give me a player I like last year. Yeah, give me two a young players. Give me two firsts this year and, and one first. first in twenty one. And I am like, to me, that is like a dream come true. That's an instant rebuild. It's a, yeah. It, I at this point, I'm not even calling it rebuilding. I'm calling it reloading. There you go. Right. I, That's an Ohio State mentality. I like that. Ooh, I like that too. Yeah, I like that reload. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's safe to say we can call this. You know, let's let's change the phrase from going, oh, I'm in a rebuild mode where I'm in a reload mode. Right. Because I feel like the gamble that's been going on from, say, 2017 prior right around there, even like, okay, let's say 2018 uh, prior to that with these rookie drafts, there's been a lot of gamble involved and you can call it almost a 50 50. That's changed since 2019 rookie draft. You know, and we don't know what's going to happen this 2020 class, but. It's so loaded, it's safe to say it's probably going to be better than 2019, which was, at this point, a phenomenal class, safe to say, since... Which was not the perception going into it either. You know what I mean? 2019 was supposed to be one of those defensive drafts where where there was not a lot of of offensive players. So that turned out to be a surprisingly good draft. Yeah, and for most leagues, there's a lot of leagues out there. Like there's, There's like two, maybe three teams are like, man... They're going to win it. Mm-hmm. You know, l- oh, unless yeah. there's injuries, they're going to win it. Like, look at your roster. Who's 28 years old or older? Blow it up. That, again, reload it. Reload. Right? Mm-hmm. You guys like the term of that? Like, yep. Let's do hashtag reload. You know what I mean? With some of these some of these dynasty trades. Let's not call it rebuilding. Let's call it reloading here. 20 slash nerds. 21 reload. We need, a, we need a sound effect of, like, getting one in the chamber. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We're not rebuilding over here. 
Nice. Just reloading. There it is. Look out. Take cover. Here comes Dynasty Rich with a reload. Oh, my. He just won three straight. What a great strategy. Yeah, we're not we're not rebuilding here at Dynasty Nerds. We're just reloading with these next couple classes out here. So, it, it's just I think it's a good stance to take here. It's a perfect time to do it, right? And what's the worst going to happen? You're in a... You're in, a, you're in a cellar and you get some really good draft picks either way. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you suck. It's right. a win-win situation. Even uh, in Dynasty, when you're losing, you're winning. You're Rich winning. always says it. Yeah. It's, my, sure. it's my slogan. I'll put it on a t-shirt. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm pretty uh, stoked about this new slogan. We're not, rebu- we're not rebuilding. We're reloading. We're reloading. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Just, you, just look out. Look out with your three championships in a row because I'm winning four. No. We, we, need a, we need a shirt with like all of your sayings like just on it. I know. No G's. No G's. No G's. <laughs> Two to three year window. I would love a shirt that said nothing, ain't nothing but no G things, baby. <laughs> Just my face <laughs> on there. My ugly face. Don't watch any <laughs> videos of me, please. Um, but in the meantime, let's get into some of the actual senior bowl, shall we? Let's do it. So, well, some part of this reloaded here is just imagine even more. So there's, you know, the game of Superflex, which if you don't play Superflex at all, or if you don't know what Superflex is, it's just an added flex spot on your roster where you play two quarterbacks. And you have the option to play a quarterback. You have the option to play two quarterbacks, which obviously score the most points, increases the value of the quarterbacks. It's a really fun way to play. All my new leagues I do start are all Superflex tight end premium leagues. Just really kind of equals out the playing field there. This draft class, when you do change that, you know, draft, when we're looking here at the back end of the first, high end of the second, you're getting extreme, extremely good players here. I mean, you're going from J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Jerry Judy, Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb as the top five picks to easily can go Joe Burrow, Tua Tugavailoa, and Justin Herbert. On the top five, easily. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. You it could. could go one, two, three if somebody's the third person's desperate for a quarterback. Yeah. I would still have, I would still have my Superflex Ricky Ringans on the site. I have it, Joe Burrow, and Tua, one, two. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably slot Herbert. I don't know why I have to check my Superflex Ricky Rankins, but I have them around like nine, I think. I think I'm right around like seven, okay. right around there, because I'm still taking in Dobbins. I'm still taking, and then, but I mean, there's a good chance that Herbert goes to the Chargers I was at six. Say. Chargers, you could go to Carolina at seven. I mean, there's there's some there's some juicy landing spots he could go. I mean, Herbert with Matt Rule in Carolina would be fantastic if they move up for him. Him in him in L.A. with Keen Allen and Herbert's big arm and accuracy with Mike, Mike Williams, Williams, dream come true. Am I right? Yeah, for us, and for a little, sure. nice little safety blanket and Hunter Henry there as well. I mean, that that would be a nice ideal spot, I think. And Justin Herbert, somebody who really shined out at the Senior Bowl all week long, had a good game, was the game MVP. But on top of that, he really had some really good practices. Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon, six foot six, two hundred twenty-seven pounds. You know, nine for twelve for eighty-three yards and a touchdown in the game. But he practiced well all week. Nothing but rave reviews coming out on him. Big arm. You know, showed really good accuracy during those practices. And he's somebody now who solidified himself is it's going to be a top 10 pick. Like Garrett mentioned, there's other teams out there like Miami, like LA, like in Carolina, they're looking for quarterbacks. And it depends where, you know, Phillip Rivers ends up because LA did say this week that they've moved on reported from Jay Glazer for, for, for anything he says is fact that they moved from Phillip Rivers. So he's yep. gone out of LA. So they're taking a quarterback in the top 10, which immediately moves Justin Herbert now into a top six selection in super flex leagues. Yeah, absolutely. He's, and the thing is, I mean, even last year, he looked like he could absolutely be a, a competition, at least for the number one overall pick. I mean, people were talking, and then obviously, you know, you had Cliff Kingsbury come in and he fell in love with Kyler and there was all that before. But before all that came out, they thought Justin Herbert might come out and he was the lead candidate for the top overall pick. And so um, he definitely has talent and ability there there's some question marks that I have you know watching him play and and by no means am I a, a quarterback guru it's you know I, I talk to Jared Wackerly about the quarterback position all the time and you know he he even says he, he played quarterback at, at the college level and he's like dude so much of it is above the shoulder pads like so much of it is how do they process things how well do they know their their players like how like there's just so many things that are beyond the physical traits and abilities um you have to have the physical traits and you abilities. need them yeah. you need them absolutely yeah, yeah. but there's there's so much more than that 
more than any other position that that's a factor. And that goes back to what I was saying before when we were talking wide receivers. You just never know what what is in between a guy's ears and, and how they process information, and that that really is what makes the rookie or the rookie quarterbacks the hardest thing to nail down. Absolutely, we say it every year that. You know, NFL GMs literally get paid millions of dollars to figure out this one thing, and it's the quarterbacks, and they whiff all the time. Mm-hmm. And for guys that do it in podcasts or any, so for anybody that mat- that for that matter, it's we're still going to give you our opinions, but we always clarify this is the hardest position to you know to fill out. You know, I thought Jameis Winston was going to overcome a lot of his you know um, mistakes and mental aspects of it and being a, literally a top three dynasty quarterback, and right now that's not looking is good. And, you know, for the opposite spectrum of just last year, Drew Locke was somebody that we really worried about when he had to get, you know, flushed out of the pocket and had to get on the move and the bad decisions he make, he, he would make. And already last year, you know, under the guise of Gary Kubiak, he turned it around, right? Like he, not Gary Kubiak, that's out of Minnesota, yeah. uh, uh, in Denver, like he turned that around and looked really good and promising there at the end of last year, where if I was in Superflex leagues, I think Drew Locke is a great buy low candidate for a young 23-year-old quarterback in a really good situation. He's going to add more weapons on top of Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton out there. So it is, it's a really hard position to uh, truly evaluate Draft position super important because again you got to you got to these NFL GMs uh, and use their opinion on it and also the the tape that you do watch. So so with all that being said, and the fact that the Bengals hold the first draft pick in the NFL draft, and then they also were the people that coached Justin Herbert and got a you know like a first hand impression of this guy, how his study habits are, you know they mm-hmm. really got in this guy's head. Do you guys see any scenario where he's going number one above no. Joe Burrow? Absolutely not. Joe Burrow looks too good. Yeah, I still don't think it's. I still don't think it's going to happen. Okay. I still think it's Joe Burrow. I mean, it definitely makes for an interesting selling point on the Bengals' behalf if they want to, you know, sell that first overall pick for, you know, the farm, you know, to the Chargers at five, right? You know, and then they and, offer and then like take three, her, the the uh, Robert Griffin Jr. to third exactly. trade where we're giving you three first and our you know two seconds something along those lines. Yeah. So I mean, there's a scenario where that could happen, but I think if they stay at one one, I think it's Burrow, no doubt. He's okay. just too good. His pocket, his pocket poise, his presence, his arm, his accuracy. Those are just things you can't. You just can't throw away. Because again, that's for the record, I'm with both of you guys. Yeah. I just wanted to No, it's a I good point to bring, bring up. up I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, for yeah, discussion. Because we've seen that happen a lot. I mean, that happened with the 49ers and Debo last year. Sure. I mean, sometimes these guys coach these players, they see them firsthand, and then they're like, Yeah, we gotta have this guy on our team. This is our type of guy and, and, and he fits our system really well. And you know, even in the short the short period of time where everything was condensed, he he took it all in. He was, you know, he was able to process it and put it out on the field. Yep. So, you know, that those are the the type of things at, you know, why it's so important to especially when you're a, cra- a crappy team to be coaching this this game. You know, you, you really get a first hand knowledge of these people, their inner workings and and how they process information. Yep. Man, you said a really key word there too, and that's you said the word system, because a lot of people will say, "How did this player get drafted ahead of this player?" And you know, he's obviously the better college player, and that may be so, definitely in your opinion. But these teams are drafting players that fit their system. Yep. You know, their character fits their team overall strategy, right? Because they they take that in effect too. Like, okay, character issues. And but more importantly, how does okay, you're a really good player, but you don't don't really fit into what we want to do, like our system. Mm-hmm. Same thing with quarterbacks, you know, like good coaches like Greg Roman will build your system around a really talented quarterback. And that's the one position you do do that with is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times if it's a run in, you know, like oh we run a we run a zone block scheme here. Um you know, you just don't really fit our system. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work here. You're not going to strive. We're not going to get the best out of you. You're, we're better off going with this player who does this really well. Right. Uh, so, so with that being said, though, they, they talk about Jared Goff being, being a system quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time. And, I mean, so I, I think an argument could be made that, hey, if they liked the way that Herbert fit, that they could think that, hey, this is our system guy because it's the same system as McVay. Whereas, you know, the LSU stuff is probably a little bit more traditional and the stuff from Oregon is probably a little bit more system based and kind of would translate a little bit more. And I, but I do, I, I do, there's certain players that are just system proof. Sure. Uh, and Joe Burrow to me is that. I, I agree. I'm still just playing you know I mean? devil's advocate. No, I, and I agree with you. It, it, like, it, I agree with you where, like, if it did happen, it wouldn't blow my, like you said, it wouldn't blow my socks off. Like, 
if you hear the Bengals make a trade, you're like, yep, they love, they fell in love with Herbert. Or yeah. even it could be Tua too. They, they easily could have been, you know, Tua can move, you know, and he he's probably got, he's way more accurate than Justin Herbert. Yeah. Oh, Which yeah. was one of the things that I did see. Like, I, I saw a lot That's of. That's one of his biggest knocks. I saw one of his, you know, like during the week, though, they're, they're talking about how he had the best accuracy. And, and in the game, when I watched him, uh, he definitely just missed a few throws. Like it was just, it was one of those things. Some massive overthrows at times. And yeah, just, yep. you know, and some of it could be due to timing issues with the, exactly. with the wide receivers. That's, the thing. So that's, that's why I said the practices are more important than the games, because again, these are, they've only had a couple of days here where they're they, to learn a playbook and, yeah, and yeah. play with these guys. So it is the, the practices are more important this week than actual game itself. There's a couple of guys we're going to talk about, Leo, definitely like, you know, the tight ends that only had two catches, right? But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean. I mean, KJ Hill had a great week of practice. Only had one catch in the game. He didn't do anything in the game. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was pretty much nondescript for him. But he had an amazing week of practice and really bumped his stock. Van Jefferson had you know arguably the best week mm-hmm. out there for receivers, but didn't have a dynamite game. Right. So, yeah, Justin Herbert's a nice player. I think to me, he's locked in. Um, say, let's just say he goes to the Chargers, right? He goes to the Chargers. He's got some good weapons out there. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keen Allen, and let's just assume they re-sign uh, or franchise Hunter Henry. He's going into a really good situation. He's going to start right away. Uh, I mean, Herbert, probably Tyrod is there. He, he could be the he could be the bridge. I know. Again, I, the chances of a, a senior quarterback coming in the NFL starting right away when you're that high of a pick are extremely high. For sure, extremely absolutely, high. absolutely. So say say all that comes to fruition right and we're in we're in a super flex draft where's herbert going for you in that situation and say say the draft goes one joe burrow and two to miami say two goes to miami or yeah. let's say carolina jumps miami Oof, to number three you made it harder now. and they make a trade and they go to carolina goes so but say the thing so so two it goes two overall you're sitting there at three super flex league so if you need a quarterback you're 100 taking herbert right Right. You would, yeah. 100%. If you need a quarterback in Superflex, absolutely. What if you have two quarterbacks and your quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield and Mitch Trubisky? So you're young, right? You're right. young there. I'm gonna, I'm just using this to actually have those two quarterbacks. I was going to say, isn't me. this your league? Sounds no, vaguely familiar. No, because I wouldn't make that pick because I also have Drew Locke. So I wouldn't take her. Right. I would actually take, for me, that's not, it wouldn't happen. But I'm saying if I didn't have see, Drew Locke. See, for me, and, and we've talked about this this a little bit before, for me, it's so like value-based when I draft and then need-based when I trade. So I would still take what I thought was the best value on the board. So you have super flex, which bumps up Herbert's value overall. But I still think the value of those running backs would still be higher in my book. So I still think I would probably be tempted to take those running backs. I, too, would take the running backs there. In in that scenario where you already had two young quarterbacks. I, I, young I would quarterbacks. take the running backs also. Yeah. Yeah. If my quarterbacks were Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees, and that's it, I'm taking Herbert 100%. Just because if not... If I'm not, I'm literally taking J.K. Dobbins to trade for a quarterback. And I do like in that situation, I would love Herbert's landing spot. You know what I mean? It's a great landing spot. It, it's it's a great it's not Miami, which is still not a terrible landing spot with some of those. With all the assets it, they have, it could be a quick turnaround. It could be, but I know what I'm getting out of Herbert out of LA. I know I'm getting Mike Williams. I know I'm getting Keenan Allen. I know I'm getting uh Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Henry. And I'm getting Austin Eckler too. A thousand yard receiving running back who's going to pat my stats an extra thousand yards on my stats right there. Who's going to be the best friend of a rookie quarterback to dump those passes off to? You know what I mean? So it's like, I agree. I would take the running back, but if I even remotely needed a quarterback, it's Herbert hand down. But so say you don't, and we're in that situation, and it does go. Yeah, I have I have Mitch and I have Baker. I don't need a quarterback. So then it goes J.K. Dobbins, and then it goes or then it goes DeAndre Swift. Then it goes J.K. Dobbins, right? Because the next two mm-hmm. teams need a quarterback. So that's one, two, three, four. We're at the fifth pick. Where, is this where it starts getting going? At, like, what point does it get? Like, you have to take Herbert. Like, remember we were talking about Daniel Jones last year? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And right around pick nine, if you're in a super flex league, you have to take Daniel Jones no matter what. And people are like, no, you don't have to. I'm like, no, no, no. That's how I became the president of the fan club. I you know? That is how you That's why I'm wearing this members only jacket right now. You know, that says DJ. If you're just wondering what this DJ meant, I don't spin records. No, you don't. It's for Daniel Jones. Prez, P-R-E-Z. See that? I do it's know. It's in DJ fine, Prez. It's in fine print. But I, I get see. I got a lot of people. I get a lot of people stop me on the street. You're like, hey, can you come DJ or why didn't I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Daniel Jones, president fan club. And like, oh, you're Rich Dotson. Oh, that makes I'm like, sense. I ne- like, I never saw your face. 
You're a lot uglier than I, it's, I imagine. It's hideous. I mean, you said you were <laughs> ugly, but come on, man. Be a little bit more uh, detailed. So what point do we get that with just... And we haven't talked to Jordan Love yet, right? Who's, who's we James, haven't. Who's Jameis Winston? Um, <laughs> oh, you... Uh, are you saying that positively or negatively? He throws a lot of interceptions. Okay. I'm not a big Jordan Love guy. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, he, throw, he has a nice arm, but he throws a lot of interceptions. But we'll, we're not, we'll talking, get we'll we're get not talking Jordan Love. He's back in first round. He's not as important to me as Justin Herbert. That's a different tier, right? Like, it go, to me, it's I it's think it's Burrow. one seven for me. One seven for you. I think it's those two running backs, those two receivers. Then by one seven, if he's not off the board, you have to take him. Justin Herbert? Yeah. Okay. Where, where are you falling in line, Matt, here? So, I mean, he's saying CeeDee Lamb, yeah, yeah, Jerry yeah. Judy, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift ahead of Herbert, if you, if you have that flexibility. What point does it get to? Is there any other players that say in a super flex league, okay. That I you got, have to take above? I got to take them now. I don't. Maybe Jonathan Taylor? Maybe, but I don't. In the right spot? It would have to be. Jonathan Taylor would have to be in the perfect spot. And Indy, and you know, one of those Kansas. Well, if Kansas City is probably bumped up even higher. Well, but. yeah, I mean, you could argue Jonathan Taylor's one-one in Kansas City. Um, I don't think they're taking a running back in the first two rounds. I don't think they're either. But we'll see. So you, Jonathan, Clyde, Clyde Jonathan Lair in third round. Kansas City in the third round could happen. That would be sweet, dude. That's gonna that's gonna that's gonna mess everything up. I'm gonna have to completely reevaluate my board. <laughs> no, you just have to put him right above Cam Akers where he belongs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean then. No, you have to talk about him like close to Dobbins and Swift. Then, yeah, yeah. Say, say, say. I know this is, we're we're switching. Er, right, let's go back <laughs> to that right, for a second right, here. Right, but right. let's get Matt's answer first before we just jump all over the place. Okay. So let's get some. Let's let's make sure we're a little. We bit haven't more even talked about Jordan here. Love yet, but what? no, we haven't because there's he, the drop that the drop that then is eight because I think I think there can be an argument at least for for Taylor. So you're giving your room for a little bit of like a play there of another guy in a, in a dream scenario. Possibly. You know? Yes. Like Cam Akers goes to the Chiefs even. Sure. Okay. Anybody to the player to the Chiefs. Ex player <laughs> to the Chiefs. Yep. So anywhere. So Herbert's going to be anywhere from three to seven or three. To, and Matt's not, I'm with you, Garrett, like right around three to seven. But let's just say let's go with Matt that's and fine. say three to eight. So, and that's like the very bottom. Like, there's no way it can go lower than that in my eyes. Yeah, so, and that's what I meant. Like, what's the must draw down? So, if you're in a super flex league, that's how it goes. Herbert hits that 1 8. It do, you don't even, you just close your eyes and make Assuming that landing spot, you know, Chargers, Panthers, something like that. Yeah. So, now back to this other thing we just said here, which is not a senior bowl thing. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Alaire goes to the Chiefs in the third round. Dobbins. Dobbins goes to, let's just say, Tampa Bay. Okay. Swift goes to Miami. That's where we're at. Just again, this is today. Clyde Edwards Alaire goes to the Chiefs. Dobbins goes to Tampa Bay. Swift goes to Miami. He's still three for me in that scenario. I don't I don't see a scenario where he passes those those two guys. It, I think there's a scenario where it's very close. And there might be value to trade down to one three and pick up the extra assets, but I don't think like straight up I could. I see a scenario where I take him over those two. What he said. Okay. I, I don't think same thing. I don't. I don't think he could pass Taylor for me. He could pass Acres, Vaughn, like all those guys. Like he could pass any of those guys. I don't think he could pass Dobbins or. Wait, or he's not past Vaughn for you. Uh, I have him ahead. Uh, actually, no, I have him behind. Behind Vaughn. I love Keyshawn Vaughn. Good Lord. Man, I really like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Me too. He's really good. He's yeah. re- Oh, I, I'm not saying anything bad about it. He's really, really I really good. like him. All, I really like him as well. But Keyshawn Vaughn's only got eight and a half inch hands. How do you rectify that? Yeah, head? cabbage smeller. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith McGoo over here. You guys, you guys haven't watched enough Vaughn tape. Uh, Get together, pussyfoot price. I, need I, to watch. I haven't. You're right. But eight and a, eight and a half inch hands. What is that? You feel that iron grip handshake. <laughs> like Burt Reynolds. Reynolds and shit. Yeah, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. But we'll get back to that. So Justin Herbert, obviously in Superflex, has locked himself in here, as we can now can say here uh, at the end of January, as a locked-in top seven dynasty rookie pick in Superflex leagues, um, most likely going to be a third-round pick in non-Superflex yeah, leagues. Right. Drastic difference. So, again, if you don't play Superflex, that's where the difference is. You almost just ignore the quarterbacks. Yeah, oh, pretty much. Definitely in this class, you're like, oh, I'll settle. I'll, you, <laughs> Whoever's left in the fourth, I'll take you know, there. Joe like, Burrow <laughs> goes in the second. Tua goes maybe the back in the second high of the third. And you're like, I'll take Justin Herbert in the fourth. Yeah. Sure. 
And that's where you're going to get them. Yeah. And you're going to be like, I got a starting quarterback in a really good spot. Uh, let's talk about another couple of these guys here at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I guess we move on to Jordan Love, uh, just kind of right on the quarterback, quarterback situation because, you know, ain't nobody talking about Shane Patterson. Shane Patterson. Ooh. That dude's bad, man. Yeah, almost like as bad as his football team that he played for. Ugh, pee on that helmet. Uh, Jordan Love, you know, real nice arm. Uh, it just he throws a lot of picks. And and that was the weird thing because last year he didn't. You know what I mean? He had a 32-6 to six, um, in the 2018 season. He's aggressive, um, man. He takes chances. He's 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 not afraid to go deep with the football. Yeah, you're right. He's a gunslinger. And can you and can a coach at the next level like harness, rail that in? Harness that a little yeah, bit. Harness yeah. it like a horse. And because he's got a lot of tools, man. He's he's quick. He can move really well. He's got a, a pretty compact, quick release. And I've watched a decent amount of tape because I, I did a lot of cut ups for him when he was kind of ascending. I wanted to make sure we had tape out there on him. And uh, so I really I really kind of watched him. And the interest, like the hard part is, even after watching all that, I still don't have a better feel on where I should rank him. Like I think landing spot and and draft capital mean a lot because, like, there's a scenario where he goes in the first round. There's a scenario where he goes in the third round, fourth round. Like, mm-hmm. that, like all of that seems plausible to me. You could tell me that he ends his career as I'm not saying he will be as good as this player, but as a as a poor man's you know Patrick Mahomes, I'd say. I, I could see that upside. You could tell me he's out of the league in three years, and I could say, yeah, I could see that. Like, I do not have a good grip on Jordan Love at all. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one then. And, I, I'm, it's still real early in my is. tape study, uh, and, you know, I have a long way to go studying him. But the the, the little bit that I've watched – there's there's definitely tools and that's that and that's the one thing that i that i came away with you know he's going study. in the first round of this draft from everything i read and he there, you see a lot of him mock drafted to the colts i was gonna say is this like back I've end of the of first time like like is he sneaking in mid-round like lamar jackson well every quarterback gets okay. every quarterback gets bumped up you know well but uh, the, i mean the lamar, have, lamar jackson a few years ago was like the last pick in the draft somebody traded up for him you yeah know what I mean? and i mean and somebody might trade like same thing they might trade back but the colts have been rumored uh, there as well, and there's, it's just there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and you know who's moving up and who's moving down, and who can get one. And there's other guys out, you know, like Jake Fromm. Somebody might, you know, we haven't talked about Jake Fromm. Somebody might settle on Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm um, of the Patriots, and, and Jake Fromm has the tools to be a quality NFL quarterback. He yep. does. Was that just something that that just was through that came through you right there? Yeah. <laughs> Did you channel I, that or I've, something? I have felt that like from day one. He just he's just meant to be. He just fits. You just said that in like a little hush though. That it was just like <laughs> like I don't even know if that was Garrett. <laughs> Hello, Jake. Jake from to the Patriots. My name's Bill um, Belichick. <laughs> like I was saying. <laughs> oh, those those are my balls made of crystal. No, you cannot touch them. They're magical. See, those, oh, those are my rings. There's six of them. That's right. Seven when you count the Giants. Uh, so it's going to be interesting with the quarterbacks. Let's move on a couple of players here. Let's talk about a couple of running backs. Um, Josh Kelly, UCLA, running back. Uh, Bull stats had 15 carries for 105 yards, had a nice long 29-yard run out there too. Uh, finished his career at UCLA with 2,303 yards, averaged a little bit over five yards per carry at 5.1 and had 24 touchdowns. Um, I haven't dug in into this tape yet. Had a nice senior bowl game. Uh, Garrett, what can you tell us? Tell us a little bit about Joshua Kelly out so, of UCLA. So running it's in, back. it's interesting. He had he kind of had a like out of nowhere season last year. Uh, finished the year really strong. Kind of moved up a lot of people's boards in the off season. Was a popular like sleeper running back, and then he just didn't perform that great this season. Like, but I will say this: I watched a couple of his games early in the season. So I'm talking like week one, two, three, like in there, and. I, this is simply with the eye test. I, I didn't get weights. I don't like. I don't know. But he looked like he was a much slimmer and a much more explosive running back in the Senior Bowl than he did early in the season. So you guys will have to go back and watch some of those those early season tape from from Kelly. But I walked away much more impressed with him than I was previously. Because in the game he looked explosive. He got to the yeah. edge and he he looked pretty His good. His body type looked like Eddie Lacy before. And now he looked much slimmer, much more explosive. Really, it wasn't that bad. I'm, okay. I'm, but he I'm was over, he was slightly. a little bit pudgier. He, yeah, he was a little bit thicker. He was a little more do, 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 like yeah, tell Yeah, and I remember he looked, Lacey. That's why I tell everybody to sell it. I mean, I mean for the for the record, he's five ten and a half, two hundred and fourteen pounds. So yeah. I mean, he's a pretty decently. Put I would not be guy. shocked if he dropped ten pounds. Yeah, because he looked he looked thin almost right at 214 it's it's hard to look thin but he looked kind of thin yeah it it was it was surprising for me to see him so um 
Yeah, like I said, I don't have any like official numbers on that, but just from the simple eye test, he looked slimmer and he looked more explosive. And they showed him running some. Before. They showed him running routes and stuff during yeah. the game. They showed clips of him during practice running routes from from the outside, and he looked pretty quick in and out of cuts too. Yep. So he's a guy that definitely wasn't on my radar before and is now. So um, I'm gonna have to dig into him a little bit, but obviously, I mean, he he led the all of. Both both squads in rushing with 105 yards. Yeah, and yeah, looked pretty good on, yeah, o- was, on only 15 carries. So yeah, they had a big run, like I said, the 29 yards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he looked pretty good. Again, just another running back on the mix here. Where does Josh Kelly now land in the NFL? You know, does he get the opportunity? Because again, he showed here against you know really good talent. When given the opportunity, he produced against right. the nation's best that had to offer when it comes to seniors there. And this is the guy that now, like, where where do you see him in drafts, in dynasty drafts, like third-round-ish type of guy? Probably, because I think in the NFL draft, he was being looked at more as, like, a sixth or seventh-round pick. And now I wouldn't be as surprised to see him, like, early day three, so, like, rounds four or five. Four or five. Which is still a good landing spot for any running back to get a good opportunity, you know? You have a chance there. Yeah, it definitely gets drafted. He's he's the kind of guy that's going to get a big bump, uh, could be in the second round of your rookie draft. He gets drafted in any position, and this is go to fair. It's like we can talk about any like the next running back. We're talking about Michael P. Ryan. Um, any running back that gets drafted into a position where they have an opportunity to even be just in that number two guy, you're going to get a bump in most likely to the second round of a rookie draft because one, somebody might be drafted you as a handcuff, or two, you're literally just an injury away or a strong training camp away from being the guy. That, that's why guys like, you know, Armstead this year were more interesting because of where they landed. You know, obviously Fournette ended up being the man all season, but all the injuries before, it was like, oh, Armstead's interesting. And he got a bump, and he went in the second round right. just because of that potential opportunity. And sometimes those are swings of the bat you have to take just because you might have a potential starter running back. Right. Uh, again, it didn't work out this year. But but sometimes it does. It does work out in other instances. Uh, I mentioned Michael Piran, mm-hmm. uh, running back, Florida. You know, had a touchdown early in the game, got to the outside edge as well. Um, looked all right. Five, five foot ten and a little bit over half, 211 pounds for this guy. Yeah, uh, he he's a player that I had to go back and watch. Um, I was not I was not a really big fan. And there were some people that you ever you ever have this where you kind of watch initially and you're like, man, I don't really see it. I don't really get it. And people you respect like, no, I really like him. Like you need to you need to look deeper. Are you talking about Daryl Henderson? Huh? You're talking about Daryl Henderson? I, I that was me last year. Everybody was talking oh, about Oh, oh, gotcha. Everybody was taking yeah, saying yeah, draft Daryl exactly Henderson in the about. first round, and I was like, why is everybody saying draft Daryl Henderson in the first round? I I'm not seeing it. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, he's not, like Malcolm Brown's going to get more carries in him. Yeah, yeah. And so so that's kind of where I was on him, and I did go back and watch, and it was a little better than I originally remembered. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I do think he he's going to fit a, a stereotype uh, type running back, just your traditional – uh, can do a little bit of everything. Not amazing, not overly fast, not overly strong. Um, but but he's got good hands. He's fast enough. He like kind of reminds me of a um, Malcolm Brown. No, more well, yeah, maybe a little bit. But not not quite that big and bruising though. More kind of how we felt about Damian Harris last year out of Alabama, where it's like, yeah, like there's a lot of like okay things about his game, but there's nothing that sticks out to me like, ooh, this is why a team would really want him. He'll be on a roster, but he'll never be more than the, you know, the backup. change of pace kind of guy. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about him as of right now. With the forty receptions last year, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of had, I had him pegged in my head as as like a third down guy. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I weighed in at two hundred eleven. I'm like, oh, that's that's a pretty decent size. size. Like, yeah, maybe. And then then I watched the game, and he actually operated a little bit better than I thought he would in between the tackles. He does. Um, I mean, especially since he only, you know, he only had 676 yards rushing last year. So it was, he's somebody that I'm, I am also going to have to circle back around to, to, to make a final decision on whether or not I, I see a little bit more upside. Cause, cause he looked, he looked like one of the better backs when yeah, he was in the game. For sure. uh, um, just, just, you know, on the, on the quick view of the senior bowl. So another guy that just kind of opened my eyes, I guess. Yep. All right. Let's move on to some of these uh, receivers here that really, really kind of shined at the senior bowl. Uh, the the biggest name coming out of the senior bowl, you could say the biggest riser you could say for his NFL draft stock and dynasty stature would be Van Jefferson wide receiver out of Florida, six foot one, 197 pounds. And he, this guy could burn, 
You know, like I said, don't look at the bowl stats. We only had two catches for 11 yards. This guy dominated every single day of practice. A guy that got off the line really well. His route running looked really good, which he should because his dad is the wide receiver coach for the New York Jets. Um, and he actually used to play for the Patriots, Sean Jefferson played wide receiver for the Patriots. He's now the wide receiver coach for the Jets. So it makes sense why his routes are so good. Um, and just got c- consistently fast guy that got off the line well and consistently got separation. Kind of we mentioned like Debo and McLaurin last year, right? They were consistently getting separation versus some good talent there at the defensive backfield. Him and KJ Hill both did it all week where off the line they were getting really good separation. And I think the biggest winner out of this senior bowl when it comes to dynasty value here, you know, is Van Jefferson. What do you guys see out of Van Jefferson that you liked? I know, Matt, you dug back into his tape um, after a strong senior bowl, and you came away very impressed. I, I mean, I just like I like his suddenness. Um, he's not like a – he's a guy that can take a, a, a quick, you know, quick screen pass. And he's not going to make like a big – he's not going to do like a big move where he's juking guys out of his shorts, but he just makes enough of a move to, to form a crease and get upfield, and he gets upfield really quickly. So, I mean – Yes, and his route running as well. I mean, he he's, he just has a nice suddenness to his movement that I think translates really well. And, and you know, obviously, you know, his stats aren't going to jump off the page, but there's like 100 people from Florida. I swear the wide receivers, there's like at least four or five of them in this draft. So they just had a lot of – they had a lot of players. They're spreading the ball around quite a bit. So, But Van Jefferson, like you said, the, the one big thing that I wanted to, to, to note is his, his dad – is like a wide receiver coach. You're not going to get like much better upbringing and coaching kind of on a day-to-day level than you have from a guy like Van Jefferson. Yeah, I went back and I just went, I've only watched like one game. So I just looked up, I was like, what's Van Jefferson's best game? And I saw it was versus LSU. Which okay, LSU that's top end talent. Yeah, you gotta and love great that. secondary. And he played versus LSU. Yeah, he mostly matched up versus I think it was like Derek Stingley, who's one of the top cornerbacks exactly. in the nation. And he had eight catches for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Versus LSU, so you know when it came down to the big competition, he stepped up his game and had a it's very good to see. strong game. And I came away impressed with that. And he lo- he looked really good. So again, it's you know why you don't go back and watch highlight film, right? Because it just shows you the good stuff. So I want to watch a whole game, and that whole game he looked really good. Now that's a very small scale, and I and I literally had to Google what his best game was. So of course it should come, but I've done that before where I've like I'm like okay I'll do that. Like what's this player's worst game and what's this player's best game by the yeah. kitty. And sometimes I'll be, I'll do the play, you know, I'll go into it and I'm like, oh, this was his best game. And I'll go watch it. Like LaVisca Chenault, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is his best game I saw someone put out there. I went and watched it. I'm like, oh, that's his best game. Okay. Where Van Jefferson, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a real, like, if I'm just basing his whole career off of this game, like, okay, he's a first round pick in my rookie draft. Gotcha. What are your thoughts on Van Jefferson out of Florida, Garrett? Yeah, it's interesting because he, uh, he, he spent his entire career in the SEC. Uh, but it wasn't always on Florida. Like he actually started he, first two seasons. He was at Ole Miss uh, and he was behind AJ Brown and he was behind DK Metcalf. I forgot they, they talked about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was, he was behind these guys. Um, so he ended up transferring to Florida. And so there've been people that have been holding that against him, but you, you see how good those players were, right? Like, obviously these are top end NFL talents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I really like a lot of the things that I've seen. Um, I do like players that play big in big situations and that's, that's what he's seen to seem to do so far. Um, you know, you gotta love good route running. Uh, it is route running an end all be all. No, they do coach it up at the NFL level. There's, you know, even, um, you had, uh, oh, uh, Kyle Shanahan talking about, you know, we, we really like Debo's route running and he was, he, Kyle Shanahan was like, yeah, I didn't think he was a very good route runner in college, which I thought was kind of funny. Cause I always thought I was like, man, I really like his route running, Loved it, <laughs> you know? And, uh, he's like, I didn't think he was a very good route running in college, but you know, we really coached him up and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so it shows that like these coaches, even though it's a plus when guys are good route runners, like it's not the end of the world if they're not. <laughs> they're going to retinker. They're going to, yeah. They're, so, Regardless. but but he's already ahead of the game. So the coaches don't have to do a lot with him there. That gets you on the field earlier. That gives you more opportunities to make plays earlier and, and, and a better opportunity to make an impression. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's guys that can get off the line of scrimmage too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, there was Nikhil Harry last year. 
he like sat there and stutter stepped for about yeah. eight steps before he got off the line and got into his routes where a guy like Van Jefferson is very quick, very smooth, and is able to elude guys pretty quickly off the line. It's probably his strongest asset, you could say. I mean, he's really fast too, mm-hmm. but like off the line is where he really, you know, like if and you he's move got him good in the size. Side. It's, yeah, it's six not foot like he's, one. he's not. Yeah, it's not like he's little. You know, sometimes we talk about you know speed and suddenness and you know acceleration and and route running. You know, we we talk about those with like smaller players. He's got good size too. Could we could we translate a lot of what we just said over to KJ Hill? Yeah. You know, when it comes to similarities, really, same thing, really good route runner, good hands, really good off the line, consistently had separation at the Senior Bowl. Can we like? Is KJ Hill as fast? You think his Van Jefferson? No, I don't think so. I think yeah. Van Jefferson's I think I, faster. I just I wanted to kind of separate the two on some level. I, I think yeah. I think Van Jefferson's faster when you see him on tape. I think KJ Hill is, it may, can make he's made a couple more dynamic plays. You know, like a couple mm-hmm. more one handed plays along those lines. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely like if I had to rank the two right now, it would definitely be Van Jefferson over KJ Hill in a in a generic you know mm-hmm. a generic way early like the way too early mock draft the way too early ranking i would have van jefferson ahead of kj hill but both of those guys have really you know you know if you're, again if i'm going through some guys names i'm bold i'm gonna put underline and put their name in bold like okay these guys are both probably locked in as second round picks and they're guys that eyes. you want to walk away from your draft with like you end up with those guys every year that's like you know what even if i have to like overpay slightly these are guys that i want to make sure that are on my team and 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 these are i want to separate them a little bit further too because van jefferson i think has a different kind of body type as well he's a little bit longer i know there's only like an inch difference in in overall height but but van jefferson's wingspan is like 77 something crazy like that where kj hills is like 72 so there's a difference yeah i i mean they're they're just they're they're slightly different as far as body type and I think top end speed. Uh, Van Jefferson has an edge as well. Yeah, Van Jefferson did show he has a really good catch radius, right? Like out that way too. But again, these are names like you want to remember now and why we do this now early. So when it comes like May when you're doing your rookie draft, like you remember these names or retain these names because when we go through these rookie breakdowns too, like remember when we go through our rookie breakdowns, we're not we're doing them in somewhat of order. We like the guys, but it's not the overall rankings. We're no. just going through. Breaking down. And then sometimes, like, in our third episode, it'll be like, wow, I really like this guy. I give him a second-round grade. And then we go back and rank them all. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get the basis. So when we go through these rookie processes, I want you to know that we're, we're not ranking these guys. We're going to literally break down each one of these guys, what we like about them, what we don't like about them, and give you a general idea of kind of where we have them in the moment. But it's not the end-all, be-all. So if you don't hear a guy, it's like, oh, you have them low. We're not ranking them. And right now... Early in the process, Van Jefferson and KJ Hill are two guys. Like I don't see Van Jefferson really getting out of my second round, uh, and KJ Hill, someone who I like in the second round, maybe towards maybe a little bit more like the mid back end, because uh, I'm sure there's some other guys I just fall in love with. Definitely at the running back position, might get a bump to even some guys at the tight end position. Let's talk about a, uh, a couple more guys here. One guy that we don't need to spend a lot of time on because we've already talked about him a little bit, and we're actually gonna get in more depth with him. Uh, another solid you know, locked in probably as a second round pick and that's Antonio uh, Golden. So, or Gandy Golden. Gandy Golden, Golden. Yep. So, you know, you down with AGG? Dude, I like AGG a lot. Out of wide receiver, out of Liberty. Uh, had, a, had a good week. Really good week of practice. Yeah, he was, uh, it was interesting listening to the reports because it would be like one day they're like, man, he looks like a monster. He's tearing it up. And then the next day it's like, oh, he had some big drops today. And then the next day it's like, oh my gosh, he can't be guarded. And then like, so there was some, a little bit of inconsistencies, but going back, I've watched a lot of Liberty tape. I've watched a lot of his games. Um, You know, I I have a bunch of friends that went to Liberty. They were always hyping him up and I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll check him out. And I was like, oh, you guys are right. Like this, this guy's really, really good. And what he did all year long was granted he wasn't playing the, the, the top notch competition but he always feasted and that's what you want to see out of these smaller school guys is are they dominating on the field and, and that's what he did he constantly dominated um he's got real good size real nearly s- nearly six foot four 222 pounds so Ex- real good size real good size stereotypical x receiver um real smooth um Great, great at uh, being able to make some some really difficult catches at times. I think some of the the up and down and the inconsistencies was just this is by far the best competition he's ever had to play. Sure, it takes some time to adjust to that, but there were still times even then that he was still dominating some of the best of the best. And you know, um, I don't remember who was talking about it, but uh, they were breaking down some of the numbers of guys that were in the Senior Bowl last year, and there was like seven, eight 
10, I don't remember what the number was, but it was a surprising number of players that went in the first round last year out of the senior bowl. So it's not like it's like, okay, these are all the day three guys that are, you know, competing. Like, no, you're getting like some seriously legitimate, whether it's at the defensive tackle position, the corner, you know, whatever. Right. But these are these are legitimate talents, NFL talents. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like 90 to 95% of the senior bowl gets drafted, period. Right. But yeah, th- there is a, a pretty good portion uh, when, of the first when round. When Phil Savage took over the uh, senior bowl, he's no longer in charge now, but when Phil Savage took over the senior bowl, it really did take a, you know, before nobody wanted to even play in the senior bowl. It's, it's come a long, a long way, way um, for draft. I mean, there's even that defensive tackle, Javon, whatever his name, I can't remember. He did the practice. He didn't play in the game because he did enough to prove that he's like, okay, he's locked into the first round pick. He was just there to practice. Yep. Um, so one question before we move on, because we're going to have time here for AGG. You said you watched a lot of game tape of him. Mm-hmm. And those practices, one thing you did see is <coughs> early on the week, he did have some trouble with some drops. Mm-hmm. Did you see that on tape? For the most part, I didn't see a lot of drops. No, it's not uh, a concern. That's all I want to know. I, I, I'm, I'm not now. concerned. I'm not concerned as of right now. Okay. A um, couple more guys I just want to talk to you real quick here because, again, we got to move on. we, we got to get a couple of tight ends after this wide receiver position. We'll just talk about a couple guys here real quick uh, that we, we each kind of liked that we saw. Uh, I like Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor, six foot three, 215 pounds. If you get on DynastyNerds.com, we just had an article come out today, which is Tuesday. So the day this podcast comes out, it would be yesterday. Uh, more in detail about Denzel Mims if you want to see him. Really good article. Um, caught the ball really well in the game. Got in and out of his breaks really well. For a guy of that size, six foot three, 215 pounds, like he moved really well. He's the prototype, you know? He's the wide receiver one type of prototype size-wise. Big right? catch radius, like we said before. Super big catch High radius. point the ball really well like he went up there and got the ball he just looked really good had a really nice uh one-handed catch in that practice when they were showing the practices from jordan love had a really nice one-handed catch denzel mims you know when you see him like was had, you, had a quick glance like that's a nice receiver there. and he was even used on like a reverse in the game so um you know they're able to use him in multiple ways which is always nice uh but yeah uh obviously denzel mims is somebody i haven't watched a ton of yet but uh you raised my flags. Yeah, gonna, senior bowl, you're like, I like, like for yeah. myself, this, if I'm judging off the just a senior, we're like, okay, this is a guy I want in my rosters. Mm-hmm. If, I can get, if I can get this guy at the back end of the second round, I'm winning. And I, mean, I mean, is this a guy that, that Carolina is maybe eyeballing now because um, they don't really have anybody that's of this stature and, and they're getting their, you know, is it, you know, quarter, you Could know, be. college college player goes right to the NFL and plays with a guy. With his college coach, with Matt Rule. And, and they don't have that kind of receiver, that big, you know, they have Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, two guys I like a Under lot. Under six foot. And if they lose out on that tight end, they want to run three receiver sets out there with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, then uh, Mims is definitely kind of a way to go that way. It's definitely something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. If that does happen, that can easily move, hit, that can kind of hurt Curtis Samuel uh, a little bit if that does happen. Garrett, give me a guy. Uh, I really like Juwan Jennings, um, another guy that I've watched a decent amount of tape on. Uh, six foot three, two hundred eight. Um, so he's got real good size to him. Uh, he had a few off the field issues, uh, which I do wonder if that's going to hurt his draft stock. We saw that kind of with uh, Preston Williams last year, um, kind of same same kind of deal. Um, but he, dude, dude's a weapon. I mean, there were times that they lined him up as their Wildcat quarterback, mm. and he was doing stuff. So, um, dude's an athlete, and there, there's a couple plays that you can watch of him where, like, breaking three and four tackles to get to the end zone. So, uh, real good athlete, real good size, a guy I'm definitely interested in. Matt, give me uh, a um, So, I mean, James Prochet was was mentioned quite a bit during the week, and he's, a, he's the prototypical, like, uh, slot guy, um, get open and, and catch a bunch of passes type of guy, five foot Five foot eleven, hundred ninety six pounds. Um, not terrible size. Not SMU. Um, and then there was on the kind of on the flip side of that, uh, Chase Claypool, the Notre Dame guy who I who just pops off the, Look, the when you're seeing him, he looks like a tight end. You know what I really, mean? And there's a lot of rumors about him possibly converting to tight end. And he's and he's six foot four and and some change and like almost two hundred thirty two hundred thirty pounds. He looks like a tight end. He does look like a tight end. Yeah. Moves really well. Yeah. Like he was a tight end. You're like, wow, he moves really well for a tight end. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big guys, there's also Colin Johnson there, wide receiver out of Texas, uh, who's just an absolute monster. Six foot six, two twenty. And you know, again, a guy who kind of goes gets in and out of his breaks good for his size. It's just He's just a possession receiver because he's not fast. He's not elusive. Yeah, I'm so. not. I'm not super interested in Johnson. I mean, Lil Jordan, Lil Jordan Humphrey was like they were kind of the one A one B last year, and that dude didn't even get drafted. That's, that's well, he great. ran a four seven. Or something. Yeah, and yeah, he tanked. He tanked the combine. So I mean, there were other things involved, but I, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Not a big. I'm not a big fan of his. And, and I have a slight 
just a just a yellow flag whenever it's a guy that like played really well but it was in the Big 12 like they don't play they don't play a lot of defense. Yep. You know, I like seeing guys that are that are playing really well in the SEC or the Big 10. That that makes me feel a little more comfortable with their production. What yeah. about the what about the wide receiver out of Texas A&M Court? Is it uh Courtney? Yeah, uh, Courtney Courtney Davis. Yep. Um no, we, even De- we even mentioned Devin Duvernay who had Devin du- See, I like Duvernay a lot more than, he's than a Johnson. Burner. Yeah, I like Devin. We even mentioned his name. Duvernay looked good, you know, at times and whatever. Yeah, you're talking about Courtney uh Courtney Davis. Yeah. Um he looked good in the game. Caught, caught some passes. Just looked really quick um, yeah. in and out of breaks. So there wasn't many players that hurt their draft stock in the Senior Bowl. The only player I can think of was a guy we've already touched on, and that's Eno Benjamin. He's the only guy that I think really hurt his, his draft stock. Came in at, at five foot nine, but 195 pounds. He didn't look all that impressive in the game And either. he did nothing in the game. No real highlights from from the, the week. Uh, I told you that was really game tape, dude. Like, I did it, not come away oppressed. He hurt his stock. Another person that I don't I don't think looked good, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. Yeah, at, he did not. Out of Oklahoma. He looked, I mean, he just looked off. He looked slow in his reads. He looked, he looked, he just looked like everything was moving. I, he's a good college quarterback, not going to be at the next level. I, I think everybody wants to, f- like, crown him a guy that could be Lamar. He's not nearly <laughs> the athlete Lamar Child, is. Like, he's, not, like, no. All right. Let's let's move on here. Again, this there's so much talent here at the senior bowl that we like that are dynasty relevant. We will break down all these guys here. Absolutely. Uh, but a couple of tight ends I just want to mention uh as well. Bryson Hopkins, tight end out of Purdue, six foot three, two hundred and forty one pounds. Uh, you know, had a really solid two thousand nineteen and eleven games he played, sixty one catches, eight hundred and thirty yards, seven touchdowns, bowl game, only two catches for nineteen yards, but Ran good routes there, caught the ball really well, showed some really good athleticism, which is what you want to see from a fantasy tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, his, but he also came in with like this aspect he wanted to show coaches that he can block. And you know what I saw at the Senior Bowl in interviews is that he came in with the aspect telling people like, "Listen, I can be the all-around tight end," and he worked on that. That's a great sign for a guy like Bryson Hopkins, um, who is more of. And you did wonder about like his route running as athleticism. In a situation like that, you know, at mm-hmm. Purdue, that's fine. Those numbers, he's a big guy, six foot three, two forty one. He showed pretty well. Adam Troutman, tight end out of Dayton. Yep. You know, you're talking about an FCS tight end, um, where yeah, he played really well there too. You know, seventy catches, nine hundred sixteen yards, and fourteen touchdowns. But he had a really good practice week. I was to say, from everything I've heard, he helped himself more than anyone uh, the entire week out of any position. He made again. He's a, he played at Dayton FCS, and he came away being raved about immediately came in you know like some sometimes these small small school guys they take a couple days to warm up but he immediately came in fit in which is is huge from coming from dayton Mm -hmm. just to be able to fit in with some of these guys they don't even know who you are exactly and i mean he was he was a fingertip away from making a beautiful grab in the game where you know he he tipped it basically back to himself then a guy you know chopped chopped his one hand that he had out there so he, he didn't make the catch but there's a lot of upside with Adam Troutman and, and I'm Absolutely. I'm anxious to dig in a little bit more Six I think foot I, five, 251 I think we had really I think we well. had one video in, in our film room dude finding tape on him is I'm tough. sure it's very and it, difficult and it looks like it's from like World War II like it the quality is like really bad it's, like, it's actually pretty hilarious listening to the announcers yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're they're not entertaining in the league. It's so low it's budget. My buddy Matt Fontana announcing the game is what it is, or Mike Rizzo. Uh, but and again, all week came away showed really good speed, good burst, good hands, and then another tight end out there that really showed well was Jared Pinky, uh, tight end out of Vanderbilt. And again, good size, six foot four, two hundred fifty four pounds, um, and you know really good stats last year. Uh, well, not good stats last year, but had really good stats his. Uh, previous year's junior, we had 50 catches for 774 yards and seven touchdowns. Last year, Vanderbilt was just so bad. So bad. They, they didn't do anything. But he came away with some really good rave reviews that athlete. I saw out of there. Really uh, good Jared athlete. Um, and, and to touch on Bryson Hopkins real quick, uh, he was, before Cole Komet committed, Bryson Hopkins was my tight end one in the class. So. And I saw some reports out of there that people said, hey, you know, Bryson Hopkins is my number two tight end. And most of everybody did have it. It's good to see because that was my tight end I saw on tape. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet, number one. Yeah. So right now you probably look at in a tight end premium league. Cole Komet, number one. Bryson Hopkins, number two. 
Uh, and let's see where number three ends up. I mean, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention Harrison Harrison Bryant, who oh yeah, yeah. who had a good week. Um, I don't he didn't do much in the game. I, they used him a lot in blocking actually, and highlighted him a few times because he was he was given some pretty good effort in in the running game, and just like almost in an H back type of role. So mm-hmm. I think he's like he's a moving chess piece. He might be one of these people that can, you know, even like uh, you know like use check uh type of guy but he, he might have a little bit better size than use check um so he might slot in kind of as a hybrid tight end h-back type of guy and there's two bryants hunter bryant and harrison bryant this year in this draft right. so make sure you do you, two h when you see h bryant make sure you draft the right guy there's one you love because there's hunter bryant out of washington too smaller guy though you know right. six foot two 239 not as probably good as harrison bryant so that's it for our senior bowl episode oh matt, matt i wanted matt. i wanted to mention antonio gibson the running back out of memphis we didn't really get to touch on him at Let all. Let me tell you about my over. third cousin uh, and the time that he met Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> no, go on. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> the running back out of uh, Memphis <laughs> was about uh, about six foot, 223 pounds. He's a guy that played like wide receiver basically at Memphis and, and, and dibble dabbled in running back, but they had him exclusively at the running back position. So he's a little bit raw in that aspect, but, but broke a couple big plays. And I just kind of want to at least mention him. Who's yeah, our last good. Memphis guy that we just liked a lot just recently. Who just came Henderson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Henderson. Uh, That you guys liked a lot. That's right. Never mind. I didn't like him a lot. Oh, Garrett liked a lot. (laughs) I had him one spot behind ahead of you guys. No, we had to talk him down, remember? Like, we, he was big on Henderson, and then we talked him down. Thank God. Yeah. Listen, you go, you go sit in the corner. (laughs) I had him at like four. Until you learned your lesson. Uh, That was one that a lot of people in the community had really high. I had him at four for running back, but I had a ton of receivers ahead of him for what it was worth. Sure thing, Garrett. Uh, so that's Go it back for and look. Episode. I got the receipts. <laughs> uh, if you, you know, for more content from the team and us ourselves, make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com on a daily basis. Like we mentioned those articles. We have so many rookie breakdowns for free on the site right now. Tons of art content on there. Make sure you check out our rankings. Make sure you get a chance if you want to listen to more of us. Just join the Nerd Herd uh, to get a chance to get on our tools and the extra podcasts and so much more. We got a lot of stuff rolling out there. Make sure you join the Nerd Herd today. Uh, there are some winners from last week's contest. Um, I'll be messaging you on Twitter with a free month. And, uh, of course, we're going to get the Nerd Herd winner for a free thing of merch as well in the next episode. So All new merch. All new merch. I'm wearing some merch right now. Look at me. It looks real nice. some son of a bee I am. Yeah. How dare you call my mother that? <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, make sure you check everything out. Uh, if you want to, leave us a rating review on iTunes. We always appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Adios. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. 